0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not non-partisan. That's wrong.
1: Not that we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't
2: believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that.
0: So you should know what we are. And it would then
1: crystallize what we do.
0: Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.
3: I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy
1: time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the
3: Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. What's going on, Problematics? Was the Trump announcement a big bust? Plus, I talked with the Gutfield crew about Mexico using footage from Philly in an anti-drug ad and Chappelle's Saturday Night Live scandal. <laughs> this... Is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. <music> All right, problematics. What's going on? What's going on? Okay, first things first. The question on everyone's mind is... Was Trump's big announcement earlier this week a bust? And before I get into this problematics, I I just want to make something very clear. This is not about to be a Trump podcast. In fact, I'm going to hold myself to trying not to talk about Donald Trump all that much. I think that we, as a country, have done nothing but speak of Donald Trump since 2015. Uh, I kind of get bored with it. He's very newsworthy this week in particular. And, you know, look if he comes up in, in the context of being brought back to Twitter or social media or anything like that, I you know, that's obviously a part of a longer conversation. But I don't want this to turn into the Trump show. I think that there's much more interesting things going on. But like I said, you know, this is his big week. So I guess the conversation is, how did it go? And I got to tell you, and, and before I even get into my my honest thoughts on this, there are I call it you know Trump derangement syndrome, which we obviously know what Trump derangement syndrome is. It took down an entire cable network, um, CNN, and obviously you know the liberal you know Hollywood media types, their heads explode with Trump and all this other stuff. Uh, there's also what I call Trump savior syndrome, and Trump savior syndrome. Is this idea that Trump and only Trump can fight the swamp in D.C. He can save us all. He can bring back America to what it used to be. He can make make America great again, great again, Magaga. I don't know what it is at this point, but there are some people who are very, very deep into this. I, you know, it's a, it can be a bit of a cult. It can be culty. Okay, the Trump savior people can be as much of a cult as the anti-Trump people, okay, who he defines their like entire existence. It's, it's really bizarre. So I am neither of these people, so I'm going to give it to you straight. As I s- said on Twitter, if you don't follow me on Twitter, follow me there at RobSmithOnline. I'm not making any endorsements for 2024. There's nobody that has earned my vote yet. They uh, Trump is not going to be the only person to tip his hat into the ring. There are probably a lot of other people. I think Pompeo is going to run. I think Nikki Haley is going to run. Apparently, some Tom Cotton may run. You know, there's just a lot of people. So this is what I say: nobody is entitled to the presidency, and nobody should be, you know, rolled out a red carpet to the nomination. I mean, you see how well that worked out with Hillary Clinton. So I think that. Republican voters deserve to have a robust debate of ideas. Okay, so back to the big announcement this week at Mar-a-Lago. I was not at Mar-a-Lago. If I wanted to be at Mar-a-Lago, I could have been at Mar-a-Lago. I chose not to be at Mar-a-Lago because I didn't want my presence there to be some sort of implicit implicit sort of endorsement of Trump 2024. I'll be at Mar-a-Lago for an event um, next month. I am happy to be there. I'm happy to, it's for a a log cabin Republican event. Um, Trump supports the log cabin Republicans. Like, you know, I believe that we're honoring Melania, you know, it's just, it's just an incredible event. Right. But I didn't want to be there for the launch and I didn't make any overtures to be there. And I didn't pull any of my connects or anything like that because I just didn't think, I just didn't want to send that signal. So I wasn't there. So I watched it, just like everyone else, and I got to tell you, from what I watched, and I didn't watch the whole thing because I got to tell you it got boring, and honestly, you could tell that there were a lot of people in the room that were kind of like trying to escape, (laughs) like security um, blocked them from escaping. So it just seemed a little low energy. It seemed like he didn't really have a whole lot of spark. And I get that he was trying to be presidential. And I understand that he was trying to be serious and he was trying to meet the moment. But there just seems to be, there seemed to be a lack of, of spark in the announcement. And there's a part of it probably because he has teased this relentlessly. For at least the past six months, probably more. And when you tease something so relentlessly, when it finally gets here, if it's not really a big show, and and I I feel like there were other ways where that could have been just like more of a spectacle, uh, you know, it just wasn't. It just seemed a little, you know, a little ho hum. Like you know, we all knew this was coming, and you know, now it's here. So okay, Trump twenty twenty four, you know text 2024 to this number so they can raise some more money that they're going to do God knows what with. And I I don't, it, it just seems to me, and these are my honest to God thoughts. It seems to me that it was just a moment that has passed. And I know there's a lot of MAGA influencers on that you're gonna see all over Twitter and in Facebook and Instagram and and there are some people in and, and I you know there's a couple of schools of thought and there's a couple of I think different types of people. There are people who want to be there for a Trump presidency. There are people who were not around during the Trump presidency who were not on the train, did not have the connections to get in, whatever. I say this as somebody, I was there in 2018 when I came out as conservative in 2018. I started working a lot with Turning Point USA. Turning Point had unprecedented access. They put on the Black Leadership Summit. We had a bunch of um, black conservative youth and MAGA hats in um, in the... Uh, the East wing of the white house or the West, the, uh, the, the room where they have the events. It's escaping me right now. So we had that moment. I was invited to a black history month thing, Um, like behind the scenes in the white house. Like there was this iconic photo that was taken of me and a bunch of other black conservative influencers praying over the president. I was there for that moment. We just went around the table. We spoke to what he had done. We had spoke to issues in the black community. It was it was actually quite something. And if you dig deep enough into my Instagram, there is, you know, there's a photo of, I think, like, I'm there, but, like, Trump is literally at, in, we're in the Oval Office. Trump is at the desk. I'm behind him. There's a bunch of other conservative influencers. I think this guy, David J. Harris Jr., had like, has this, like, this, this Trump 2020 flag. It's, I, it, was, it was chaos in the best possible way. And you can probably hear the smile in my voice because that is a moment that will never be replicated. I was there for that moment. It will never be replicated. It just will not be. And there's a lot of people that are endorsing Trump for 2024 now, and they're saying that anybody that doesn't want this is a part of the swamp, and you need to get in line, and Trump is going to take care of the rhinos, and all of that other stuff. And, And I think that it's just because these people want to be there for something that they missed out on. Like, they missed out on the Trump presidency. They missed out on Trump being in the White House. And I was on the campaign trail for an organization called the Log Cabin Republicans that had Trump pride, which was, like, literally the first ever um, gay and lesbian coalition for um, a, a Republican president's and a Republican president's re-election. And so, yeah, I may sound a little smug, but it's just like I was, I was there for all that, right? So I'm not sort of like hopping on some Trump 2024 train because I just like, I want to get back in there. I want to do it again, whatever. Like it's done. Like it was done. It is a thing that I did. It's done. Okay. It's done. Whether it'll happen again, I have no idea. I really do not know. I don't know if he will be, if he will be the nominee. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a bruised primary. I don't know. Like nobody knows who's going to run and starting it this early as at trump's age by the way it just seems to me that there's just so much more work to do so much earlier and i get that he wanted to get out in front of people and i feel like at this point it was a bit of a miscalculation because i think that this announcement was teased and and you know everybody was was set to show up and this was going to be a big thing i think that the assumption was that there was just going to be some huge red tsunami, we're just going to win all these, we're going to win Senate back, and we're going to win all these seats in the House, and he was just going to kind of, you know, all of his candidates were, were going to win, and he was just kind of going to ride in on a blaze of glory and announce. And it was going to be, oh my god, it's so great, blah, 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 it... <sighs> It just seems like, I mean, it's Friday and it seems like everybody's already over it. There doesn't really seem a whole lot of ex- to be a lot of excitement about it. You know, National Review is just like, no. Um, you know, some people, like one of his former chief of staff, came out and said, look, you know, I don't really know about this. Um, even Kaylee McEnany on Outnumbered. Uh, was like, you know, I would have <laughs> I would have advised um the president to wait until after Herschel Walker's runoff, right? so it 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 seems to me, and this is my completely this is just my opinion. like I'm not of the point right now where I look, I've oriented my career in a fairly independent direction after Trump left office um so i don't want to be a sycophant you know what i mean and i'm not gonna sit here and tell you guys that oh this is the greatest thing in sliced bread and you know uh he's the only one that can drain the swamp blah, blah blah because number one you guys are smarter than that and number two i you know i always say i'd never lie to you right so i don't really feel this pressure that because i voted for trump and because i was on the campaign trail for him in 2020 and that you know i go tomorrow i'm gonna do all these things i don't personally feel the pressure to just automatically be like, oh my god, like I have to be so pro-Trump. I, I, I personally do not feel that pressure. Um, and because you know, if you've really been listening to this podcast, I, you know, I very, uh, I, I made a very conscious decision decision this year to sort of purge uh, my personal life of a lot of very explicitly political connections. Right, so. I I made the choice to, to not have everybody that I'm surrounded with at all times be like people that I know from politics. And I think it frees me to speak a little bit more freely, right? And so I'm not angling for a job in the Trump administration. I'm not angling to be on that campaign. I'm not angling to do anything else. I am very, very cool with having an independent voice and having my voice be what it is and sort of having the career that I'm in, right? I've been giving you know, every opportunity in the world to just sell my soul to politics, and I have resisted and avoided it because I do not want that life, all right? So was it a bust? Yeah. I think it was poorly timed. I think it was coming off of the red tsunami that wasn't. I thought that Trump really wasn't at his best, um, I, I thought that it just, it, it wasn't the most well executed thing in the world. And honestly, maybe, you know, he shouldn't have teased it for the better part of a year, um, with, with all of these Trump rallies and, 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 stuff like that. It just, the biggest fear that I have in going into sort of, you know, Trump getting on the campaign trail again, and by the way, he's going to have to fight for this. Nobody's just rolling over for him. And so the biggest fear that I have is that, it's mismanaged. And there's people that are just sort of not meeting the moment. And there's people that are just not giving this the timing that, um, that I think it deserves. So time will tell. And I'll tell you this right now, you know, I find it very hard to believe personally that if Trump was the Republican nominee, I find it extremely hard to sit to say that I wouldn't vote for him because that would be crazy, okay? Because if he was the nominee, then it would literally be me saying that I'm not going to vote for him and I would rather just like basically vote for communism, like vote for the country to be destroyed um, for another four years, which is what I would never do. But... Is this going to be, you know, like him doing, you know, cartwheels uh, in Candyland uh, towards the nomination? No. There's going to be people that will challenge him. There's going to be people that will um, rightly criticize him, by the way, because there is a lot of criticism that can be levied at him from, number one, how he dealt with losing the election. Um, And by the way, Uh, We didn't hear any of the stolen election crap during that speech. I guess, you know, somebody's finally, you know, gotten it through his skull that that doesn't work, that that dog don't hunt, that doesn't play anymore. People are sick of hearing about that. But, you know, look, if the people that are behind him, and by the way, he, he didn't get the A squad this time around because a lot of the A squad were asked and they declined. And so if the people that are behind him cannot really really be open and honest with him about why they did lose 2020. I don't know that there's a whole lot of hope for this. I really honestly do not. Um and that is just that is just really really how I feel about this entire situation. I'm sure that there will be a little more to say about this in the future. This is not a, about to be a Trump podcast. I mean, I look at the numbers and like I don't even think you guys are that into it anymore. So I'm just gonna stick to culture and baseline stuff, like baseline political stuff, and just more interesting conversations. Because at this point, this country has done nothing but speak of Donald Trump for uh the better part of seven and a half years. And I think that we're all a little tired. I think we're all a little burnt out. And God knows that he's not trying to not burn us out by announcing a full two years before the election. It's kind of strange, but whatever. So was it a bust? Yes. Will he get the nomination? Who knows? Will I vote for him if he gets the nomination? Of course. Um. So we're going to leave it at that. All right, up next, I took a trip to the Gutfeld set this week. I had some very, very funny, interesting, and entertaining conversations with the crew. Uh, First, we're going to get into why Mexico is using footage of Philadelphia to use in their anti drug PSA. We're going to get into all of that after the break
0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the
4: Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW report for prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: All right, Problematics, welcome back. Like I said, I took a little trip to Gutfield this week. If you were not one of the, God, I think it was something like 1.9, maybe 2.1 million people that watched in, you're in luck because I'm going to share with you the uh, first part of the conversation that we had. This is about uh, Mexico using footage from Philadelphia in their anti-drug PSA. Completely insane. Check it out.
1: When other countries start using America as a
0: cautionary tale, that is quite a message. It's bad, Greg, but it's also interesting that instead of uh, instead of saying, hey, maybe we some of the criticism is justified, uh, they make it seem like the the drug addicts are victims Mm -hmm. because they were filmed in public. Like (laughs) the the drug abusers are victims, not the kids who are walking over the syringes or the comedians that have to hear their techno music. Yes. (laughs) they play techno music they do i think i might have said techmo music <laughs> but i can't have that one back
1: hey, no you can't joe no you can't but that's a good point it's like it's like we
3: Shaking <laughs> off the rest. Even... <laughs>
0: do you have anything else you would like to add joe well yeah i mean it's it's very interesting uh you know uh philadelphia almost acted like a drug addict when you call them on the on the problem They threw it back at you. Like when people say, Joe, you're addicted to snacking. (laughs) And I'm like, well, your girlfriend left you for a carnival, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) A carnival Carl?
1: His name was Carl. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anymore, Morgan. Welcome.
5: (laughs) Thank you. Once
1: again, you just outdress everybody. I I mean, you have like... And I go against everything HR says, and I do comment on what people wear at work. <laughs> Almost to a, to a fault just to test it, just to see what, what I can get away with. Why is this not a national security issue?
5: It is. I think it's the most pressing national security issue. When you have, you said you have other nations criticizing the U.S. Not just other nations, you have a narco state that is telling Philadelphia you have a drug problem. That's, <laughs> yeah. kind, of, that's kind of bad.
1: Yeah. That's when the dealers saying, hey, uh, pull back on the heroin.
5: But, like, why didn't Biden met with Xi Jinping, the leader of China today, the leader of the Chinese Communist Party. The chemical precursors for fentanyl come from China. Then they go to uh, Mexico and they're made there, trafficked over the border. And it's the number one killer of young people in our country. Why wasn't that brought up today? It's pretty simple, but climate change is clearly more important than even getting a statistic, as you said, on how many people are actually dying from this in their profile.
1: Yeah, you, you have no idea except that it's doubled. Right. That it's doubled. And they used to just say overdoses. So you'd assume, okay, what is it? Is it Xanax? Is it cocaine? Is it No, it's always been fentanyl mixed with caffeine in another drug that's like a horse tranquilizer. I read a lot of it, and frankly, I don't think I got any smarter, Rob. Yeah. Um, that makes two of us. Yes. Uh, What do you make of this? Uh, Do you like is there what should Biden
3: have done? Um, I don't know. So Biden should have probably had a spine, but that would be expecting too much almost two years into this presidency. Um, I, I think that when I looked, first of all, when we saw that commercial, that party looked incredible. Like, I wanted to go to that party. <laughs> Rob, but, you were so decadent. No, it's a, more than you know. But uh, it, it's very <laughs> interesting that they had to, like, outsource the footage of the drug addicts on the street, because yes. everybody knows that Mexico is seen drug us, right? <laughs> That means no drugs. It means without drugs. I'm, I'm bilingual. But um, I was wondering... <laughs> Is there some sort of like uh, weird uh, failed Democrat City Getty images where they just like find videos of like hookers turning tricks outside of McDonald's or people shooting up outside of preschools? Mm. Like, is that where they found this footage from?
1: No, that's that's uh, I've seen that video. I've seen that video a lot. It's like usually the, the it's video where everybody's faces are blurred. It's like the blurry people. But I've seen that one, and yeah. it's been it's been around. It's in slow motion. It's incredibly. It doesn't look like America. It doesn't, it doesn't look like anything.
3: And uh, what I will say is that I've been to both Iraq and Philadelphia, and I think I prefer Iraq.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Maybe that we have some people. Anybody here from Philly? <laughs> 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 and they never got out. Cat. Can I root for the. <laughs> never got out. So sad. What do you make of this? By the way, what do you make of the uh, you're you know for legalization? Should that dude with twenty thousand pills be just let go
4: well, i don't believe that like drug crimes are crimes, I but I don't think that the pill like you could you should be able to buy pills where you know there's no fentanyl in it of course because like all those people Out on the street, they might be doing fentanyl on purpose, but it's not like someone, like one of the youths, right? The youth Mm -hmm. is going to see that video and be like, oh, well, I guess I won't go to that fentanyl party after school. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's doing it on purpose unless they're really, really down bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously released on his own recognizance. You're not, as you pointed out, you're not somebody, if you're doing that, who has, like, a real life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Job. Twenty thousand pills. It's
4: a lot, and it's probably not people saying, "I'd like to buy some fentanyl, please." No, it's exactly.
1: probably <laughs> nobody does that. It, it's like it, they think that they're getting something Co- else. It's and in then everything. They die. Putting Pretty it in cocaine,
4: job. putting <laughs> it in like ecstasy pills. Like you know, some kids might want to do like party drugs, and then they die.
1: Yeah, that's the point. I think that's why they don't have the right numbers. But it's a, it's a, it's just amazing how we don't care, or the American, the our government doesn't care, but I care because that's the kind of person I am.
3: All right, up next, Dave Chappelle visited SNL, and I broke it down with the Gutfeld crew. I had a couple of jokes, some landed, some didn't. <laughs> we're gonna get into that after the break.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.
1: Comedian Dave Chappelle hosted Saturday Night Live this weekend, which could only mean one shocking, mind-blowing thing. The show was funny. (laughs) But also, his monologue is being called anti-Semitic by the head of the Anti-Defamation League, giving Chappelle a much-needed break from being called transphobic. Chappelle touched on a wide range of stuff, but drew ire when he joked about Kanye West's recent anti-Semitic remarks and how West lost a billion bucks in a
2: day. There are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and juice. I've never heard someone do good after they said that. The Brooklyn show business rules. Is this a rule? You know, the rules of perception. If if they're black, then it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's a mob, but if they're Jewish, it's a coincidence and you should never speak about it. It got worse. No.
1: The rest of the 15-minute monologue went the same way in typical Chappelle style. This caused liberals to clutch their pearls, which is odd since they don't do that in response to real crime. Here's more.
2: Well, I've been to Hollywood. <laughs> Don't no want y'all to get mad at me. I'm just telling you, this, I've been to Hollywood. This, this was just what I saw. It's a lot of juice.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like a lot.
2: <laughs> but that didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. That didn't mean place.
1: <sighs> he pulls you in and then he sets it straight. But does he know they were Jewish? And how does he know Ferguson residents weren't just Sarah Silverman and Jimmy Kimmel? Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: now you're awake. <laughs> and later, he brought it all back to Kanye.
2: I could see if you had some kind of issue. You know what I mean? You might go out to Hollywood and mind might, might start connecting some kind of lines and you could maybe adopt the delusion that the Jews run show business. It's not a crazy thing to think but it's a crazy thing to say out loud in a car like this. The next
1: morning, ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt tweeted this. Disturbing to see SNL not just normalize but popularize anti-Semitism. Why are Jewish sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn? Why does our trauma trigger applause? So did Chappelle step over the line, or is the Anti-Defamation League leadership being too sensitive? Either Either way, Chappelle, he did something few people are ever able to do. He got people to watch SNL and laugh. <laughs> Rob, you were saying in the green room that, oh, of course the Jews run Hollywood.
3: Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, that was exactly what I was saying, Greg Gutfeld. <laughs> that is all exactly right, we go to what, a what break. I said. Uh, I, I will say this. Black men have been getting in a lot of trouble for this whole thing lately. So yeah. for the purposes of this segment, I identify as Asian. Okay. Okay, right. So, so first of all, <laughs> I am I am Asian for five more minutes. So <laughs> So when it comes to this whole thing, so look, uh, you know, they Kanye lost one billion dollars of his net worth, right? If that happened to me, I would be literally minus nine hundred ninety nine point nine 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 million dollars. So I don't want to go there. Uh, what, I, what I will say is this: I, I think that what Chappelle's great at is sort of making us uncomfortable through humor. Mm-hmm. And my I, my thing with uh, my thing with these sort of off color humor is this: mm-hmm. if it can't be racist or sexist or homophobic or anti semitic, if I laugh. <laughs> I mean that's what I've always thought. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. You're saying funny r- overrides everything. Funny overrides everything. There used to be a, uh, a comedian named Lisa Lampanelli who told the craziest racist jokes, but yeah. I always laughed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: I like I'm I'm confused. She was amazing on those roasts. just absolutely yeah. disgusting. I'm saying, she was.
3: Did she pass away? No, I think that <laughs> she's still around. But I was never but I was never offended because she never yeah. told any anti-Asian jokes. Oh, that yeah. <laughs>
1: It's terrible what they're doing to you at Harvard, by the way. It, it really is. It really <laughs> is.
3: I, I hope that I hope that my people. I hope win that the your Supreme people can days. overcome this. Uh...
1: <laughs> Morgan, yes? I you're Jewish, correct? Yes. See, I got it this time. <laughs> so, uh, Morgan, you're you're, uh, you're Jewish. Before he started his monologue, Chappelle read a statement denouncing anti-Semitism. Did that help him, or did it not matter? Or what did you what did you take away as a Jewish person?
5: He's my favorite comedian of all time. After you, of course. Oh, thank you. But he's like he's the guy that came up. Because I'm (laughs) Jewish.
1: I'm not actually.
5: I know. You, we'll let you in. Um, (laughs) Make enough money to. Oh, you're Don't sure? edit that out. That was funny. Okay. Um, he's the comedian that came up with Black Bush during the height of the Iraq War, like one of the funniest skits ever. So I like him. I also think there's a big difference um, intent, right? He was being funny. Kanye was just being a d- and it wasn't funny, and he was being racist, but... He's being funny and he was making fun of everyone. He made fun of Herschel Walker, you know, who was also yeah. black. So I think, listen, I didn't get offended at all. I think he's funny. I think we need to lighten up. There's lots of real anti Semitism going on around the world and I don't put Dave Chappelle in them.
1: All right. What do you think, Kat? <laughs> applaud, applaud. Applaud the, applaud the Jewish woman. <laughs> now let's go to you, Kat.
4: Yeah. Raised Catholic? Yep. Mm hmm. Polish? <laughs> yes. I think that, like, all the articles about this, they already wrote before he did it, and then they just replaced transphobic with anti Semitic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I don't, I, it's, he's making jokes, like Morgan said. He's just making jokes. But when it comes to, like, the Anti Defamation League, that's, this isn't really new. I mean, they had a problem with Joan Rivers years ago referencing the Holocaust in, the jo- in a joke. And if Joan Rivers is anti-Semitic, she's terrible at
1: it. Yeah. Like, now she, I know from that she is dead. She,
4: she is dead. <laughs> she is dead. But also, like, her late husband lost all of his family in the Holocaust. Yeah. So I just feel like when it comes to jokes, it's really not that serious. Joking is the opposite of serious, so people need to
1: You that. It just dawned on me when you said that, that, like, how can a joke be defamation if it's a joke? joke? So why is the anti-defamation wasting all of their time chasing a joke when they should be doing anti- You're not the anti-joke league. You're anti-defamation league. I'd save the Joe for last, a seasoned professional comedian. It makes people laugh across the country, over yeah. uh, the globe, in fact.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm Morgan's second favorite comedian.
3: <laughs> um <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Uh, You know, I just wanted to point out real quick that uh, Chappelle used a lot of nuance in that. Yes. He said the delusional belief. He said he thought Kanye was not well when he made those statements. Mm -hmm. Also, comedians often exaggerate and say things they don't really think are true for comedic effect. Like when he said that Kanye got in so much trouble, he got Kyrie in trouble. Yes. Kyrie kind of got in trouble on his own. Right. I do that all the time. Like I had a joke about how uh, the death penalty is ninety nine percent of the time applied to men. We need to make that more equitable by executing a lot more women. Yes, execute more women. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's true. You got nothing against
1: women. Do we have time? To, I want to just play this one little sot from uh, uh, um, the thing where he talked about Trump. And you could see, you could hear a pin drop in the audience. Uh-huh.
2: And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. have never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. (laughs) And across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. And with that, my friends... The star was born.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the audience wanted to hear that. (laughs) But he understood. So it's a gift. It is a gift. He could take you into the middle of a problem and then and then almost get people of different sides to agree. I'm kind of like
3: that. I'm actually shocked that like a liberal audience at SNL in New York City did not like that joke. I'm just (laughs) literally just like knocked me over with a feather. Exactly. I will later don't make me any promises (laughs) (laughs) all right problematics thank you so much for joining as always you can catch me on can cancel rob smith every tuesday wednesday and friday on iheart podcasts apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
4: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere
3: dearly
2: beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
4: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.